This episode of Lightning Strikes Thrice to You is brought to you by our incredible patrons. Patrons like Joanne Rittenauer and Axel. If you want to help us keep making the show like they do, you can visit pitchdrop.cash and contribute as a little as a buck a month. We really appreciate it. are listening to lightning strikes thrice a jrpg games club podcast this is season 10 episode 10 covering days 36 to 39 of wolf stride the last shorty god that sounds like a really <laughs> cursed really cursed like movie that would be made by like a red man uh-huh <laughs> the last short episode of wolf stride i'm your host chris <laughs> taylor and my pronouns are he him and with me today is Sybil Arnett, any and all pronouns. Ryan Beatty, my pronouns are they, them. Sybil, tell me what happened last episode. Last time, the UGG organization was shut down due to the worldwide fuel shortage, and just as everything seemed ready to come apart, Nebraska Jones melted down, shit-talked everyone's spirits up, and admitted she was just as criminal as any other member of the team. One battle with the prototype P1 Gallo later, every member of our mech harem seems on board <laughs> with whatever Z's cooked up for us next. Too bad that does nothing for our rival Fancy Jack, who's battling depression, nor the world stage, where it's unknown if the Soviet Union's yanking our chain with the discovery of blazenium and a fuel that they call super oil. Also, related to this... Last time I said I would dig around under the hood to get us an answer to what speed is, and from my testing, it seems to be a formula of AP plus MP, and MP might be the edge since it looks like everyone has the same AP after a certain point. So certain battles might cheat on this, given that every opponent in the underground battles gets first strike no matter what I had equipped, and one of the final bosses will always move first. Okay. Anyhow, that takes us into Day 36. We are at Chapter 6, Last Goodbyes. The save text is... Uh, this is going to be a thing until the end of the game. These are... I can't tell if this is intentional or not, but they just feel like sentence fragments now. This is, I swear I won't forget... The past is behind me. I have no regrets. Tomorrow reminds me just where, and it stops. We hear the sound of a phone line and someone asking Shade if he's the manager responsible for Cowboy. Shade responds in the affirmative, and the voice says, Nice! I'll be contacting you soon. At the start of day, the gang and Z are atop the hangar in front of Cowboy's face, and Duke wants to know, what's the plan now? Shade says he's got nothing, but Z is already one step ahead. With the death of the UGG, it's tight, but she can connect us with some high-risk, high-reward, underground illegal mech fights. Hell yeah. <laughs> they have no bureaucracy, no rules, and no rankings, which is kind of a lie. They do have rankings. But they will be us fighting the house champions. 
they will not play fair, but the money is fantastic if we win. This is kind of a lie. Uh-huh. Yeah, big lie. The prizes are fantastic. The money, really bad. <laughs> yeah, I I wrote down the rewards for all of these, if you want to know. Uh, I know one of the, the, the easy one is three pineapples. Mm-hmm. So there is one gentleman at three stars, two at four stars, and two at five stars. The three-star guy gives you plus three pineapples. The two four-stars will give you 1,500 and a crap part. And the five-star kings give you some of the best equipment in the gang, delivering the mirror to some one-of-a-kind parts the battle pass had. Basically, they will make your arms tanky. Duke is not excited about the idea of fights where we lose more in repairs than the prize, and Z says to let her know when we decide. Why don't you get a job, Duke? So when you, like, ask around uh, after the start of day roundtable, everyone is basically like, I mean, underground fights, sure, I guess. I guess I'm down for it. Let's go. Like, kind of, you know, taking Pineapple's, like, newfound confidence to heart. Duke, obviously very um, apprehensive, doesn't think that it's going to be enough because he's Duke, but... Pipu extremely stoked for the underground fights. He is excited for blood sport. He's excited for carnage. It's great. So um, we can then kind of just like make the rounds around Night City and Rain City, not Night City. Sorry, this is not cyberpunk. Um, and at the Rambler and Gambler, there is uh, a new cultist on the way there, and uh, they talk to us about how the time of the worm is nigh. At so, the Rambler and... Real talk, if you don't talk to this guy, and you don't notice that the other guy in the bar was Worm God, what happens later today just comes out of absolutely fucking nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I forgot that the like the very first fight of this game was Worm God before you um reminded me a couple episodes ago. And so I was I was happy for that reminder because otherwise it's like what the f- what the fuck is happening? Um also this uh, I have some stuff to say about the cultist accents, but when we run into way more cultists, it's way more obvious, so I'm going to save it for just a second. Uh-huh. At the Rambler and Gambler itself, it is dead quiet. There's even a sign that says, hey, please, no talking. Because uh, Sayuki is meditating and... uh, Never met a person uh, who needed it more. uh (laughs) Uh-huh. However, Kaya does have Pipu's package that uh, he asked us to go pick up. It occurred to me later, this line must have been some kind of last-minute rewrite. And the silence is because nobody could re-record dialogue because there's no other switch to the cutscene mode scene in the entire game that does not have dialogue like this. Well, mm. also, I like that there's no there's no music in the Rambler and Gambler either, so they at least put like some effort into making it like kind of line up. I thought that was a little cute. Yeah, they they went all the way, but actually calling it out is what made it click for me. Okay. Yeah. yeah. It didn't, it didn't hurt me. Over at the crapyard, uh, Z says we cannot simply stroll into the underground fighting world. We need to uh, find a location marked with a key. Once we find that, we're supposed to write Cowboy's model and pilot name next to the symbol and leave for a while, then come back later and check the wall. 
it is very convenient that the sign-up sheet is in the city section outside of the Midnight Rider and that the way we kill time is to go inside the Midnight Rider. Um, the key is on the wall by the video shop. I It's very, it's bold, but it's very small. And I didn't even notice the key because I'm playing on Switch uh, and I'm generally playing Switch handheld. And so shit is very small. But I was saved from like, you know, minutes of frustration by just kind of like seeing, oh, hey, there's an interact diamond here that is right next to a familiar interact diamond. This interact diamond looks new. I'm going to click it. And it wasn't until I clicked it that I then saw the key underneath it later. When we arrive at the writer, there is an extremely rude kid now working there. He's in an apron. He greets Shade by saying, this one doesn't look so poor, but still dresses like a bum. Joy tells him to shut his mouth but uh, because she's not paying him to offend customers. So we learn that he's working there now. He agrees to try to be polite. Then, with unbelievable levels of sarcasm, this kid welcomes us to the writer and very smarmily asks us to have a seat. This kid is so fucking rude. So rude that even I, Chris Taylor, thought that, wow, this guy's really rude. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh, when we talked to him, he asked if we paid for our food yet. He is trying to get paid, you know. <laughs> Shade's like, well, where are your parents? Why are you so obsessed with getting paid? He's like, I don't have any. I, he lived says he lived with his master, but then they got split up. He's in Rain City looking for him. Uh, when we ask who his master is, he just tells us he's the strongest one ever. Then when we go to Joy and say, hey, what's that? What the fuck is up with this kid? And she goes, uh, his name is Jotaro with a U in it. So it's legally distinct. And <laughs> he showed up out of nowhere needing a place to stay. So she gave him a job. Shade asks what she knows about him, and all she knows is he's waiting for his master to show up and clearly walked more than a couple of miles to get here, and this is one of those script changes that I'm really glad about, because there are several jokes about how he smells bad in the original script, and it uh, feels bad to make fun of people without houses. Ooh, big yikes. I and Joy he... makes them. Can you imagine oh, Joy, like, so nice and empathetic, being like, but also this homeless guy stinks real bad? That, yeah, that would suck. That would suck a lot. I need to look at the script for this character because I have some notes that will come into play next time about them. Thank you for that tip. One thing is he makes fun of how skinny Shade is by saying that he has so many noodle arms. And I love this <laughs> because, number one, I, when I explain how skinny I am, I say I have noodle arms all the time. And then also, so many noodles are the skinniest noodles. They are the tiniest of noodles. So this tickled me. At this point, we can head back to the wall. And there's a note there that gives the address of the bus stop, which... uh. I guess buses have addresses. This one definitely doesn't. It's on the side of the highway. Uh, mm -hmm. It says that we need to be there at 6 p.m. And when we arrive there, there's like a black bear there. And like a black bear in like, what if Teddy was black? Not there's a black grizzly bear. He says our pilot is in for a world of pain and tells us not to talk about Fight Club and that we're also taking the next bus. When we arrive, we are in an alleyway sort of an alleyway or a back parking lot. It's kind of hard to tell at a three-quarters perspective. There is a chalk outline on the ground. There is someone sleeping in a car. There is a just trash lying everywhere. 
And she's we like, find wow, trash in a dark alley. I find this deeply relatable. <laughs> <laughs> and there is again a black bear here who introduces himself as animal and says, since we are a big deal, we can just immediately jump to fighting the house champions. There are five optional battles here, various rewards. We can freely leave and return via the bus. When we go back to the hangar, Pipu's package included upgrades to the training area, and we can now equip four skills of each type. And before the day ends, you are warned, gear up. So, number one, I have more money than God. I have already geared up. However, I want to camp out on a couple of things here. First of all, I have been so starved for new art, new assets, new anything from this last like little stretch of episodes that we've done so just like seeing this alleyway i was just like oh my god a new location a new location i don't care that we have to take the bus to get there i'm so happy for a new location a couple things about the fights themselves Taking number the one bus is a mercy because you only have to walk across a quarter of a screen to yep. get here not a whole yep. street absolutely and i guarantee the bus is why most people have the skipping a cutscene achievement <laughs> oh dude you'll be fucked if i watched that more than the first time Yep. Mm-hmm. Woe to anyone who doesn't realize you can mash start. For real. So the first thing is that a four-star underground fight is not the same thing as a four-star battle pass fight. The only no. the only fights that were remotely as if I I I wiped the floor with the one three-star guy, but the four-star guys immediately gave me trouble. I understand on a plot level, because especially because the bear is like, hey, you're going to get hurt in these fights. So I understand on a plot level why you can't just auto repair after each one of these fights. But it deeply sucks if you want to do more than one of these fights in a row to have to return to the hangar to heal up every time. Uh, that definitely annoyed me. However, one of the fights here is against a mecha named Bibimbap, which I think is a great mecha name. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a Zabungle name. Oh, you're right. Anyhow. It's inevitable that there's a guy in Dragon Ball Z named that, to be honest. (laughs) (laughs) Day 37 is another one of those you-can't-save-on-this-day-at-all days. Who cares? It's it's ten seconds long. Uh, if you make the decision that the game flips you off for, it throws you back a whole day. That's not a real complaint. You walk down a street for 10 seconds and skip two cutscenes. That's that's fake to me, Sybil. I'm sorry. If you didn't save prior? You don't have to save. It takes you to a menu that says, do you want to rewind to the start of this day? It doesn't matter if you saved or not. No, it doesn't. It takes you to your last save. That was a screenshot of it. (laughs) Yeah, that was a a bug uh, in in your case if that happened. Because, yeah, I definitely failed this the first time. And it just rewound me to the beginning of this weird night section. It rewound me to my last save. That is a big bummer. That's a bummer. It's not supposed to do that. Correct. Well, uh, that's why at this, only that point game I say, over. this is fake. I get you can get a game over later. Uh no, this is the only one I got uh in the end. Uh well, I'm saying you can I'm saying there's another one that you would reasonably get by making an incorrect choice and what happens there is interesting. You know what I'm talking about. I do. Yeah, that's the one I took. Nice. Anyway, you didn't do the other one? No. 
Of course not. Oh my god. No, of course not. I went with my decision. Anyway. Oh my god, you missed the end. Oh, oh yeah. I'm so excited for you. I'm yeah. so excited for you to find out what the real ending is. When the day starts, we are in an empty hangar. Ominous music is playing. All around town, every entrance is blocked by cultists who are just talking about the worm god. And the only clear path is to the rider. When we get there, the screen fades to black and we hear GW's voice, but this time it is not voiced. Shade is responding to it. GW tells us a man is coming after him who won't die. Shade asks if GW is dead, and GW says, not yet, but I will be in a few hours. When Shade says he saw GW's course in pieces, GW says he saw Shade's headless, so that makes them even. Huh. When Shade asks what the hell is going on, GW tells him to think of it as a dream, and asks us not to make our choice lately. Also, take care of Cowboy, a time will soon come when the world needs him. We then get a day transition screen, but it says nighttime. So, like, this definitely surprised me. I did not expect GW to come back in the present in any way, shape, or form in I this game. I wish they had so, an asset for GW. That's the only reason this is like this. Interesting. Yeah. Um, which is, it's funny it's because interesting I... Interesting they don't, though. It, it 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 is it is especially well because it for right now it kind of calls into question the like the the unreality of this whole next situation that happens even though it's very real in the game it 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 adds to some of the like what the fuckness of it so we run down these rainy streets that are just absolutely packed with cultists they're lining the side of the street just one after the other until we arrive at the church that has been in the background this whole time and is still not like a visitable location. No, definitely not anymore. Right. <laughs> so, um, all of the cultists have weird, like, halfway between Cockney and Gaelic accents, which is bizarre to me. I don't, I don't know why all of the cultists for the Worm God come from the Rain City version of the British Isles. Yeah, they're like, we need, like, four voice lines. Let's get it on a British Fiverr. Yeah. <laughs> um, Wormageddon is the the mech, is there. Fancy Jack is uh Wormageddon tied. is so cool, by the way. When you get this, like, full frontal shot of Wormageddon. Yeah. It, it's very, like, dramatic and evil-looking. And uh, Fancy Jack is there. He is tied choo-choo crucifixion style to the, like, front of the cockpit. So he's not inside the cockpit. He is he is tied up, splayed-armed outside the cockpit. It's very uh, fucked up. He, I could uh, make this sound less cool to you by describing it as a T-pose. Yeah, you could, but don't. I was going to say okay. it's a hostage uh, being held as a human shield is a good way to describe it. Yeah, yes. like, oh, oh. You know what Worm God looks like, actually? Looks like, what if we found a way to make the Master Gundam more evil looking? Sure, yeah. <laughs> um, Another little art thing to call out here, even though it doesn't make any sense because it's raining all the time, the moon is enormous in these oh, scenes where so you're running towards big. the church. It's so dramatic. And it's like, okay, sure. You wouldn't be able to see the moon if it was raining that hard. Who the fuck cares? This is sick. 
yeah it's sick this whole section is like big like opening the link to the past vibes where it's like extremely rainy and there's only one place you can go and everything is blocked off by cultists that's yeah. right the cops are cultists you heard it <laughs> so jack understandably he's very confused as to why he's even there he's screaming and crying and begging to be let go knife is there inside cowboy and yells at them to let jack go and then combat starts it is a plot important fight that did not have a build-up uh, however it is also kind of a gimmick fight in this fight worm god will taunt the cockpit sometimes and so attacking will result in us obliterating jack this is something that the game does not signal that because I thought that it was initially going to be like a Yuna or uh, in Final Fantasy X or Renoa in Final Fantasy VIII style fight where like you can damage the cockpit as long as you don't bring the HP down to zero. But that's not the case because this poor guy is strapped to the outside of the cockpit. And so, of course, punching him with a giant mecha would just obliterate him. Yeah, it's like um, getting hit by like seven buses at the same time. <laughs> yeah. And so if we do that, if we if we don't just like only defend or skip our turn during these cockpit taunt sections, it's an automatic game over. Foam gun will interrupt and call us a fucking dumbass, which is fair. And then we'll get a game over screen. It will rewind us back to just before the start of this night scene. And then you like skip through the GW cutscene and skip through something else. Or if you're Sybil and it's bugged, you have to repeat a whole bunch of shit. So, there may actually be two scenes for this. What was the dialogue when you wiped out Jack? Do you recall? No. I, okay. It was one in the morning. I do not remember. That's cool. Uh, I did it, and I just deliberately fucking fired on the cockpit. No taunt. I didn't even know there was a taunt mechanic, because I just obliterated this thing on the second attempt with three shots. It has Doesn't no armor. Doesn't it go before you? Yeah, but it doesn't taunt yeah. turn one. Oh, it definitely taunted turn one for me. Oh, it oh didn't okay. for me. Gotcha. Yeah, I didn't have, I did not know there was a taunt. I literally just boom, 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 headshot two arm shots. Anyhow, if you deliberately taunt it, uh, Foam Gun tells you, here's your trophy trash. I'm going to undo this, but you and I will know that you did, and that'll eat at you, probably. And then the game over is the planet has exploded, and you are yeah. told to rewind time or quit. Yeah, that's what we got. Okay. I didn't know if it was the exact same scene. Yep. The other thing that I think is interesting about this fight is, like, the layout where the entire half, Worm God's entire half of the arena is attack bonuses, and your side leading up to where you start is, like, progressively worse damage debuffs. And Worm God is, like, really high damage, really high mobility. If we got to go before Worm God go, this is, like, the ideal use case for the Dragonov. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, this was, this was very just tap, 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 because it's not strong. No, it's not. But it is like, what if I told you you could I could lose an arm in a single hit from the super attack? <laughs> You're not using the pieces from the battle pass then. No, of course not. I don't want to try too hard for the battle pass. I want the battle pass fights to take two minutes, not five minutes. So I'm waiting for the next tier of gear before I wrap it. Hmm. Uh, I got bad news for you. I don't know if there's another tier of gear based on the notes until the final day. Yeah, whatever. You can go do it then. It's fine. I'll take 10 seconds. 
Anyhow, yeah. Basically, I needed my numbers to go up, which happens here. Mm -mm. My arms are my tankiest pieces as a result. Yeah. You're, well, what I mean is, like, your stats need to tear up because the enemies have twice as much health as than you and can get twice as much armor until today when you get the uh, new schematics in this episode. Yeah. You just yank off 40 armor with every shot. I don't mm. want to. I don't want to do that. I want to punch a guy. <laughs> so uh, in the corner and do the money maker. God, the money maker is great. So. As we said, yeah, the damage numbers on Worm Guide are, are on Worm God are high, but he basically has no armor. And so you just yeah. have to, like, take apart the three parts that are not the chest. And then that's it. After the fight. Knife says that he will hold off the cultists. Shade's just got to grab Jack. And then, so, again, this episode is a feast for new art, new assets, new, uh, like, it's great, it's dramatic, and it's something that the game has been missing for, like, 15 days, it feels like. And we suddenly see Trinket again, who tells Killer to shoot the hippie. Then we are looking through a sniper scope with the crosshairs over Worm God's head. Worm God smiles and Killer shoots. Then the church begins to collapse. There's a new scene, and the whole gang is at the hospital surrounding Jack's bed, and even Barbara the goat is there. <laughs> everyone everyone is extremely upset. No one knows what Jack did to deserve this fate. The screen goes black, and Shade tells us that they all go back to the hangar and talk about it. No one can fully grasp what happened, how they got there, and uh, what happened to the town. Yeah, Shay, uh, Shay says, just like the heist, I feel it all being taken away, a, a blur in the sea of memories. And then we get like a VO from Shade in like the same style as all the GW narration where he goes, reality breaks. I just try to grasp my memories, dark pieces that fade into darkness, just like everything about him. It all fades away. Who the hell are you? <laughs> uh, put a pin in this because I have later notes about Worm God. Great. Yeah. That takes us to day 38. Obviously, everyone is going to ask how Jack is doing, and Duke says there's no word. Duke asks Nebraska how she's doing, and she says fine. Duke says we should be more careful from now on. Any dialogue around town is people worried about Jack, who we can see at the hospital, but he's just comatose. His model looks real rough. Like, the position of him and stuff looks bad. Yeah. Yeah, uh, don't tell me, but knowing that we're about to, like, leap to endgame stuff, basically, I Jack is the only person who is sub-level 5 for pineapples, and I've been saving a ton of pineapples for Jack, and I will be very sad if I just don't get another opportunity at all to give him pineapples. I, yeah, I will I not say, say it. That will be sad if that happens to you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, at the end of day, because again, not much is happening in town, we get a phone call from the same anonymous individual who says that he has a fan and a friend and normally wouldn't do this because we're so low ranked. But since the UGG was canceled, we didn't get the chance we deserved, so what the hell? 
We seem interesting, so let's take Cowboy to the Backbiter Arena soon, and it's going to be rented out for a private show. Shade asks who the hell is on the line, and the voice says that he is number three, Canyon Bolt, and we shouldn't leave him hanging. There's not going to be another chance. I love that he doesn't say I'm Canyon Bolt. And like when you talk to Canyon Bolt more, it makes sense that Canyon Bolt assumes you know who Canyon Bolt is and what rank he is. Yeah. Yep. I don't think we're going to meet the fans this episode, but yes, they explain everything. Shade tells the gang about the call and the fight is tonight. Nebraska knows who Canyon Bolt is. So does Knife. They're very excited. When we call in Z... Z gives us more schematics, courtesy of our fight with National Legend. Speaking of who, National Legend is here. He's going to drive us since Hog is still at the hospital with Jack and is too sad to be funny on the drive over. (laughs) National Legend, however, has a sweet ride. Uh, Available beef jerky is all it takes for Duke to go. Never going to drive with Hog again. Fuck that guy. The idea he he says meat flavored snacks and the two options that National Legend has are barbecue or chicken, which is a very like you can have barbecue chicken anyway. Barbecue is uh, a I meat. guess you sure barbecue is a meat. Also, I love uh, Z is like when, when Duke is like, all right, that's it. We're fucking ditching the pig. Z's like couldn't have come sooner. <laughs> And then we get into a fight versus Hyper Canyon, which is a great name for a mech. We fight him. It's like very similar to Worm God, but like with armor and stuff, like another very high mobility, high burst damage mech. How did this fight go? Anything notable for anyone? I don't think so, because you all are Battle Pass sickos at this point. It so his whole deal is that when he's far away, he closes distance to do, like, this insane, insane long-range attack that will double up a part and immediately um, destroy it. And so I was really nervous, but what I ended up... And he also will... um, He can decrease your morale with his moves, but what I did was... I used unnatural self-esteem to get just enough morale to resurrect my left arm. And then with Moneymaker being able to like get movement points back, I was able to push him out and then knock back, punch him and then push him again, even though I only have four move points. And uh, so if you stay close to him, he can't do his distance closing thing. And so I was then able in the next turn to just wreck his chest uh, because he does not really have any meaningful taunt moves and his chest doesn't have that much hp I don't, and I don't so know why he doesn't because you learn canyon guard from watching canyon bolt fight tapes yeah yeah and so yeah night night eater and money maker uh were my keys to this fight yeah same when we finished the fight a sparkling bolt of lightning ignited a fiery flame in knife leopard's hot ass and then we learned the move starshine blazing gaze which i only call out because when you read the description it says yeah we got lasers why didn't you ask sooner <laughs> <laughs> it is just your like night eater replacement canyon bolt is impressed that we held our own while he was using 30% of his full power uh, he has been gathering pilots to throw his own tournament and thinks that, thank you, Google, for this correction, uh, thinks the UGG system is obsolete. 
He says, we didn't make the cut. It's for the cream of the crop only. But since we impressed him, he tell, thought he'd tell us about a potential backdoor in. If I remember, Colonel Billion Years Old, whatever the fuck his name is, is going to retire. And he was ranked five at the time. And uh, also well respected by the UGG's top pilots. If we can convince him to fight us and a win, we'll be into his tournament. Duke asks if the tournament will have a reward in Canyon Bolts. Like, yeah, we're getting paid, I, my guy. Uh, we're going to match the UGG's payout. It's very funny because it he starts talking about it and I'm like, oh, my God, it's a worker led tournament. It's a worker led tournament. And then he's like, and we have an investor that will pay out. And it's like, ah, oh, shit, they had VC funding. It's a worker led tournament with VC. God damn it. It ruined everything. Oh, no, it's a real workers thing where the petty bouge are leading it and financing it. Yeah, just like every other time. Duke says he wants new marching orders at the end of the day, and Shade says he'll work on the Colonel angle, but everyone else needs to step up their fighting power. Trading for knife. New gear. The whole works. we got five days until the rank announcement, so let's make it count. And that's it for this episode, which is very short, because the next episode will be extremely long. Sort of. Pacing just got weird. Like, long in terms of game time. The pacing gets weird at the end, because the game needs to be over now. Basically. <laughs> What do we think about this section? I I have some miscellaneous things that I want to call out because they kind of... Um, so, okay. First of all, I loved this. Um, it, like, again, plot's making a major turn. We've got new locations. We've got new art. We've got new places to fight. We've got twists that totally have intrigued me. Um, there isn't the same emotional heft yet. Uh, that the game has kind of nailed recently, but I imagine we're building up to that, except I was very distressed uh, at Fancy Jack's fate. It did fuck me up a little bit because he is my favorite. He's just a good guy. If you punch him, you get the achievement bacon pancakes. A big regret <sighs> for Switch owners everywhere. So, all right. There are two very, like, loud references in this episode and one of them does the thing that i hate when reference shit happens and one of them does the thing that i hate less so when they're talking about canyon bolt uh, during uh, a round table nebraska says he's known for doing this kind of stuff like apollo creed in rocky and i i know that nebraska is 15 years old and everything but i just hate when a like reference also names the reference like like apollo creed in rocky is some big bang theory shit and just saying apollo creed would have done the job and this is contrasted with knife uh when when yes sorry i'm gonna say i would not have known what she's talking about as someone who has not seen and will never see rocky because i'm gonna die one day and i don't got time for that that's fine and then the reference could just not be for you you know <laughs> it, that's like because also, then also, someone nebraska's age would say mr beast oh, also, oh my god it's arnold from hey arnold is very funny <laughs> yeah um and this is contrasted with shade when when canyon is like i was only using 30 percent of my potential shade goes i'm sick of this togoro bullshit and that was great because I just got to the younger Togoro arc in my watch of Yu Yu Hashiko. So it was like, oh, I understood that reference. And also it wasn't called out. And also it's funny because Togoro does do that shit. Are we both watching Yu Yu Hakusho? Wow. 
I guess so. Get on my level. Continues. You could have finished One Piece last week. <laughs> I'll never watch One Piece. Well, you don't watch it. You read it. Never going to read One Piece. I am a known hater of reading manga and comic books. I cannot appreciate both a plot and the art at the same time. My brain can only do one at a time. Well, good news. Now there's better anime. <laughs> you just um, literally told me not to watch it. I know. <laughs> Uh, a couple of real, I'm sorry to dominate, a couple of real quick miscellaneous things that I wanted to call out that I forgot to call, call out in the notes themselves. Um, Duke actually gets a good burn on Pipu, who apparently is very bad at math despite being a robot, because, like, fucking Shade asks him a square root question. He gets it wrong, and then he's like, I'm 99% sure that eventually I will get this question right. And Duke says, I'm 300% sure you're the most useless piece of shit I've ever seen in my entire life. Which, that is a good Duke burn, I think. Finally, I'm really glad to know that Shade is a passenger princess who never learned how to drive. That is a great little character detail. Love that for him. <laughs> I don't know how I like. I don't. I don't like that as someone that hasn't driven for over a decade and gets driven around constantly. Well, you're you are a passenger princess. I'm sorry to say. The difference is that I know how to drive. I stopped driving when I moved to Seattle because I was uh, do not pay enough attention, which is fine when you live in Pennsylvania, but not fine in a city where you can run someone over. And that's why I stopped yeah. driving a car. <laughs> extremely, extremely good of you to do that. Uh, how am uh, i the best driver on this cast you're not i am a good driver i'm a good driver i said nothing about my driving capability i have just like had long-term relationships with several people who did not know how to drive and so i had to drive them everywhere that makes me a great driver because that makes me a responsible driver which is what you want i don't know that i'm gonna give you the credit when you have to say you know, I have the highest chance of running someone down with my driving style. Correct. And I was self-aware of it. Yeah. Also, we forgot to mention it, but when you go to the, when you examine the chalk markings, so they call them dead guy markings, but I like that <laughs> they're, even in the environmental description, they're like pulling in the like, this environmental description adds to Shade's backstory in an interesting way. The game has not been completely explicit about it yet. Yeah. You could figure it out pretty easily if you thought really hard about it, but the game has not been explicit about this yet. Sybil, what did you think about the content of this episode? Uh, between our last recording and this one, I finished the damn game, so I no longer have the ability to speculate on this, and in fact, the very unfinished nature of this chunk of game makes it hard for me to discuss without talking about where that becomes apparent. Mm. Well, that's all until next time, when we may be talking about as much of the game as all the way up until right before the second to last day of the game. Uh, we'll find out. Goodbye. Bye. See ya. You're welcome, Matt. <laughs>